Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is day 686 of our three-year journey through the Word of God. Luke chapter 16 is on tap for us this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your love that is strong and unending, steadfast, committed, true. We depend on you. Help us to walk in the light of your love. Help us to live for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 16. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill quickly, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their dealing with their generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If you then have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. But he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But, is it, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day, and at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, 
Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let him let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. That is Luke chapter 16. You know, the parable of the dishonest manager is probably one of the most confusing of all of Jesus' parables. Is Jesus telling us to be dishonest, to cut corners, to be self-serving? No, he's not telling us that. He's telling us to be wise with how we make use of the resources of this world and to have an eternal perspective. So this dishonest manager is really, he's forgiving the debt of these people who owe his master. And so we are supposed to be a forgiving people, forgiving other people of their wrongs so that they will be indebted to us. They, they, they will be grateful, right? And we're also supposed to not serve God and money. So the real, the real point of this whole parable comes at the end when Jesus tells us, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. If you're dishonest in little, be dishonest, you will be dishonest in much. I'm having a hard time talking today. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? In other words, if you're not willing to use the earthly resources, the wealth that you've been given to bless others, to serve others, to alleviate the suffering of others, to forgive others debts that they owe you. If you're not willing to do that with money, why should you be entrusted with those things that are greater than money? And no doubt the things of the kingdom of God are greater than money. And then he says at the very end, verse 13 is really the point here. No servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This manager was willing to let go of the debt that was owed to his master. He was willing to, to spend that wealth, right? Everything we have really is our masters, our master in heaven. He's given it to us and entrusted it to us as a stewardship for a period of time. So we really are managers or stewards. So if even the dishonest of this world would understand how to use that to gain earthly things for themselves, how much more should we understand? See, it's a, it's a how much more comparison. How much more should we understand that we are to use whatever material possessions God has given us to bless others in the name of Jesus for the advancement of his kingdom and so that other people 
would come to know the truth and come to experience God's grace in their lives. That's what it means to be faithful with the very little. The very little is the wealth we're given in this world. It's little compared to the eternal inheritance that awaits us in Christ. It's little compared to glory. And yet we're to use it faithfully to bless others in the name of Jesus. But we can't do that if we love money. That's the point. We can't and won't do that if we love money. But if we love God, we won't love money. Okay, so here's two basic approaches people take. Another way to look at this. If you have God and you have money, you will love one and use the other. You know, hate or despise. Another way to think of that is using, right, as a means. One will be your end, your goal. The other will be the means that you'll use to get that end. So if you love God, you'll use money in order to serve God. But if you love money, you'll try to use God to serve your wealth, which is what the Pharisees had done. That is wrong. That is wrong. And the Pharisees knew that he was condemning the love of money. And he was telling people, you need to use the money you have in order to serve God and not try to use God in order to line your pockets, which is what the Pharisees had done. And so he tells them, you're trying to justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart. Pharisees were good at using their money to appear very religious so that people would be inspired and in awe of their religiosity and, frankly, would trust them in business dealings and would give them more money, which would enrich themselves. And that's wrong. And so Jesus tells them that it's wrong. What is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You may fool people, but you're never going to fool God. And then he gives this quick word about divorce. Why is this here? Well, people who love money ultimately love themselves. And people who think they're fooling God and trying to win the praise of men are ultimately going to do whatever is self-serving. And in Jesus' day, one of the most self-serving things you could do is get rid of your wife when you were tired of her and go find a younger woman to entertain you, right? And that was a despicable practice. But marriages were considered marriages of convenience. And so this is a, an appropriate place for Jesus to condemn this practice because it's the same heart, the heart of selfishness, the heart of self-serving Loving money, self-serving also loving pleasure, and not loving God means not making a commitment to your wife. If you love God, you'll make a strong commitment to your wife and keep it. If you only love yourself, you're not going to make a strong commitment to your wife, and you're not going to care about keeping it. And then finally, Luke 16 ends with one of the most famous of Jesus' stories, and one that is much easier to understand than the parable of the shrewd manager, and that is the rich man and Lazarus. Easy to understand, but I think sometimes we miss some of the details here that are really key to what Luke is telling us. Luke is a master for detail. He's a physician and a historian, and he really he really pays attention to details. Like, for example, uh, we have the detail that the dogs came to Lazarus and licked his sores. That's a kind of medical detail that you get from Dr. Luke, and his gospel is full of those kinds of details. But we also have the thirst, right? The, the thirst that's so excruciating. Just dip your finger in water and touch it on my tongue. That's how thirsty and how hot it is in, in hell 
where the rich man goes. So these kinds of details are here. So what do we see here? Obviously, we see that those who serve themselves, the rich man is probably a Pharisee. He's probably an example of exactly the kind of person these Pharisees are, self-serving, clothed in purple, fine linen, feasting sumptuously every day. He is a religious Jew because he calls Abraham Father Abraham. He talks about his his father and brothers, and please go warn them. And Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets, right? I have five brothers, warn them. They have Moses and the prophets. That means these are religious Jews, but they're religious Jews. They're among God's people, but they love themselves and they love their own pleasure. And the rich man knows that while he is in trouble here, his brothers are heading for the same fate because they live the same way that he lived, which is self-serving and others disregarding, walking right past Lazarus every day and not caring at all. Lazarus is welcomed to Abraham's side. But notice, even though he's in hell, notice what the rich man's attitude toward Lazarus is. What does he say to Abraham? Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. He still thinks that Lazarus should serve him. He still thinks of himself as being better than Lazarus, even though he's obviously not better off, because he wants Lazarus to serve him, to give him drink. And then when Abraham explains that that's not possible, the rich man says, then I beg you, father, to send him to my father's house so that he might warn them. Again, he's like, well, if you're not going to send him to, to relieve my thirst, send him. Again, he wants Lazarus to do his bidding. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that his pride, his self-importance is what got him here in the first place because he's still puffed up with pride. And this lets us know that even though people who end up in hell regret the fact that they've ended up in hell, they don't repent of their sin. Hell is not a place of repentance and faith. It is a place of regret. And regret is not the same thing as repentance and faith. And we see that very clearly in the rich man here. And the, the end of it, of course, is very stunning in the application to the Jewish people because they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And the rich man says, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham is right and saying, no, they won't. And no, they didn't. They didn't listen to Moses and the prophets who told them what to expect when Christ came. And they didn't listen even when Jesus rose from the dead. And that is the sad truth with so many people. People who love themselves people who serve themselves, people who are in love with the things of this world because of how they can please themselves through the things of this world, those people don't listen to God and don't listen to God even when God sends his own son to die on the cross and rise again from the dead. How many millions and millions of people know that God has sent his son who has died on the cross for our sins and who has risen again from the dead? They know that is at least a truth claim of Christianity, and really in their hearts they know it's true, 
but they don't really want it to be true and they don't see their need of it and they're not willing to listen. And that is sad. But the grace of God, the grace of God can overcome any hardness of heart. And so while Lazarus going back to the rich man's brothers won't save them, perhaps if people pray for them, that would make a difference. Perhaps God would be pleased to have mercy on them. So if you know someone who's like that, pray for them and look for opportunities to share the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love that had broke through our hard hearts and our selfish tendencies, which we all have by nature. Thank you that you've had mercy on us and that's made all the difference in our lives. Help us to walk with you by faith in humility and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Luke 16. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.